from Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. This is Sound Effect. Here's your host, Megan Hayes. Our guest today, Chitra Banerjee Devakaruni, is an award-winning and best-selling author, poet, and professor of writing at the University of Houston. Her stories explore women, immigration, history, myth, magical realism, and diversity. She's been published in over 50 magazines, including The New Yorker, and her work is in over 50 anthologies, including the Best American Short Stories, the O. Henry Prize Stories, and the Pushcart Prize Anthology. Her books have been translated into 29 languages. Many of them have been used for campus-wide and city-wide reads, as was the case here at Appalachian. Her most recent novel, One Amazing Thing, was chosen as this year's common reading selection, which means all incoming first-year students read the book as a common experience before they become students here at Appalachian. At her home in Houston, she took time out of her day to chat with Dave Blanks, who hosts one of our most popular podcasts, Dave by the Bell, via Skype. We'll go now to the conversation as Chitra Devakaruni discusses storytelling, inspiration, and the transformational power of love. Chitra Banerjee Devakaruni is our guest today. And Chitra, thank you so much for joining uh, joining me. My pleasure, absolutely. Your story is one of nine strangers caught in a dangerous situation unsure of their fate. These strangers overcome terror and shock through the power of sharing their own personal stories. Your book's about the power of sharing stories. It's a, that's a recurring theme. So can you point to a time or times in your own life, possibly when you have seen stories change an outcome? Yes, definitely. When uh, soon after Hurricane Katrina devastated New Orleans, I was, a lot of the people who had suffered from that hurricane came to Houston to try and rehabilitate. And I was a volunteer with the city programs that were trying to help these people and place these people. And I, I was doing intake, so I would ask these people who came to the center, oh, please tell me what happened and please tell me what you need so that we can best meet your needs. And I noticed that there were some people who were unable to talk about the event and they were very upset and, you know, it was very hard to communicate with them or to help them. And um, there were others who, when I asked them what happened, they would launch into a story like, you know, that night I was sleeping and then I heard this terrible rushing noise outside and I stepped out of bed into like half a foot of water, and then they would tell me this whole story. And as they told it, it was like, you know, they were able to uh, get rid of some of that anxiety and pain and in, in being able to share their story. And then it became much easier to help them because they could actually think, think through their lives and tell me what they needed most. So that was, I saw how being able to tell a story really heals you of that experience to a great degree. And the other side of it was that as I listened to their stories, I could, I could see how I could empathize a lot more with these people who were telling me the story. You know, I would go the extra mile trying to figure out how to get them back on their feet. So right there I saw that when you are able to tell a story or to listen to a story, it creates a whole different level of connection. Absolutely. Yeah, it 
it probably gives people who are in that frantic state of mind when you're meeting them something other than all this crazy stuff to focus on, even just getting their brain working in that way of, okay, this happened and then this happened and then this happened can, I'm sure, uh, calm them down just from their perspective. It's probably good for them for that uh, reason. For you, who obviously have a heart for people to begin with, to hear their story, I'm sure that was very powerful for you as well. Yeah, I think the story brings the experience alive for both the teller and the listener. And for the teller, it's very empowering because the teller is what the teller is saying is that, look, it was a terrible experience, but I came through it. I survived. And they realize that as they're telling that story. And for the listener, of course, you know, you empathize. You can really feel the pain of the person or the joy of the person, depending on the story, the triumph of that person, the courage of that person. All of those things come out through stories, even stories that are, you know, sad or tragic ones. Do any of those stories stay with you, the ones that you heard? Well, sometimes stories do stay with me. So this is a story that um, someone told me, which is which relates to the book. And this was when I had gone to do a citywide read for the book up in the Midwest. And this old lady, I mean, she was really old. She must have been in her 90s. Mm-hmm. She came to me and she said, I want to tell you something. She said, I was a, a survivor of um, the Nazi concentration camps. I was just a little girl when um, all of that happened, and I was rescued. Now, a number of my family members died, and I always felt so ashamed and guilty, and I just felt so negative about that, that when I was able to come to America, I just shut off that part of my life. I never told anyone about it. But after, after I read your book, I felt that it was an important story that people in my family needed to know. And so I started telling that to my grandson. And as a result, my grandson and I have such a connection now. I mean, he really understands and he really, you know, he's, he's very respectful of all of that I've gone through. And he just appreciates that so much. And I appreciate him for, you know, appreciating me and listening to me. And it's just changed my life. And that was so touching for me. That was an example yeah. of, you know, how a story could really transform you, especially a story if you've held onto it for so long. So how did you choose the characters for one amazing thing? Well, you know, when I write, most of the time I have to wait as I'm writing for the characters to come to me. So the only person I really knew in one amazing thing when I started writing it was Uma, the first narrator in whose consciousness we are when we enter the visa office. I didn't know exactly whom she would meet in the visa office. I knew there would be a group of people. I knew there was going to be a disaster, in this case, an earthquake. But I didn't know anything else about them. So I had to write that first scene and allow these characters to come to me. Now, I knew that they were going to be from many different backgrounds because that's kind of the premise of the story, uh, which is of, of one amazing thing, which is that telling stories allows us to connect across diverse 
you know, diverse backgrounds, diverse religions, all kinds of things that we otherwise think of as barriers, the story helps us overcome that barrier. So I knew they would be diverse, but that's all I knew about them. And then they just come to you, huh? Yes. So uh, here is Uma. She's now in the visa office in the basement of this building, and she's looking around to see who else is there. And as she looks around, these characters start coming to me. Were there times when you were developing the characters in the story or when you thought possibly you were concerned about perpetuating stereotypes? Is that something that you were sensitive to or were considering when you were developing these characters? Definitely, uh, because one of my projects or one of my goals, you can say as a writer, is to try and break down stereotypes as much as possible because I think, you know, stereotyped thinking or stereotyped attitudes towards people, that's the first step towards prejudice. And then, you know, after that, there's racism, there's violence. It's, it all stems from prejudice, which goes back to this kind of thinking. And I wanted to break through stereotypes. And so I hope that I've managed to create characters who, although they are very much of their background, both culturally and maybe religion-wise, race-wise, or even uh, financially, they belong to a certain strata. I hope that as their stories are told, that the reader's prejudices, if there are any, will begin to dissolve. And the reader will see each character as one human being, you know, one special, amazing human being with their problems, with their faults. That's human. We all have that. But I surely hope that that's what the reader will begin to see. And seeing that in the book, then we begin to notice it in our lives as well, that, oh, this person about which whom I held all these you know, preconceived notions, these stereotypes, well, really, that person's not like that. There's a greater depth to that person than what I thought before. Each of the stories your characters in the book share are about the transformational power of love in one way or another. Um, and I wonder, after reading it, whether the act of sh story sharing reduces or simplifies us in a way to that greatest common denominator. And once we've exposed that, then we can find commonalities. I think you are very right because, and with each of these people in one amazing thing, they weren't just sharing a random story. They were sharing like a story that was really meaningful to their lives. The story of something that made them who they are today. And so, you know, when we talk to people, when we communicate with people, when we tell them something through story about something deep in us, we're really opening ourselves and making ourselves vulnerable. And out of that vulnerability, if it is reciprocated, I think a strong, loving bond begins to grow. And so there's a particular kind of loving and caring that begins to grow among these people who are, you know, who are trapped in the visa office and this huge earthquake has hit and now, you know, the electricity is off, water's rising, there's not enough food, there's not enough drinking water, 
But these people come together. In the beginning of the story, they're each one for themselves. They just want to survive. They don't care what happens to the others. But through the sharing of stories, they become real to each other. They're like real people. And then they begin to care about each other. So on one level, that is how love is working. And then on, the, on another level, each of the stories, you're very right, each of the stories is about love, how the presence of love can redeem us and the absence of love can really doom us. So uh, we're a college campus. We're Appalachian State University, as you know, because you spoke here and your book is the required reading. So how do you feel we can go about fostering uh, this kind of bringing people together through sharing stories? How, how can we how can you bring out people's stories on our campus or just in in our lives, in our listeners lives? Well, I think the first thing is what you guys are already doing, which is having a common text around which conversations have already begun and grown. Because one of the problems in our everyday existence in today's world is that we don't have many common experiences. You know, we're each living our own lives. We're very individualistic, which is not a bad thing, but sometimes that really isolates us. And especially with now the internet taking up so much of young people's times, um, there's not as much personal contact with each other. So so I know that one of the assignments that was going to come out of this common text is that an encouragement for people to be able to write down their stories and share it with each other, either in a classroom environment or some other you know group environment and that will create two wonderful things i'm hoping one is that the person who tells his or her story is able to open up and there will be a proper forum where that person isn't afraid to open up because he or she knows that her story will be taken seriously and respectfully And the other thing that will happen is that the other people in the group hearing that story will begin to connect to it and will begin to get to know the other person, the writer of the story, at a much deeper level. And this will begin to create a strong community, already a stronger community than there was before stories were shared. There's a lot of trust that comes along with offering your story and then listening to it and offering another story back in that same forum. I think that could really bring people together. And also, I'm hoping that, you know, this will be something that they remember. Oh, remember we read that book? Remember we told our stories? And, yes. uh, and I think that will be, you know, something to carry with them. And I'm sure for many of our students... Um, these stories are stories that they've never told anyone and they've never maybe had a forum to tell them. And one of the things I think when that freshmen often feel when they come to a new campus is they feel so alone. For some of them, they've left a very different kind of home environment and they are feeling alone. For some of them, maybe they're the first person who in their family who's coming to a university and, you know, that can be pretty scary. 
And I think if there's a place where their, through their story, their background is validated and people are saying, wow, that's amazing, that's wonderful, I really enjoyed hearing that, that would give them so much confidence to go on in college and be successful, be comfortable, and also uh, this would positively impact, this added confidence would positively impact the rest of their studies. Chitra Banerjee Devakaruni, thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate you uh, taking this time to talk to us. And uh, yeah, so thank you very much. It's absolutely my pleasure. I remember my visit to App State with great fondness. So, and I'm so well, you'll happy. have to come back. You should come back and visit. <laughs> well, not only was it a wonderful event, and I loved meeting all the students and faculty and staff, but that was the day of the eclipse. So I am never oh, going to forget that. <laughs> wow. Yes. Yeah, what a momentous occasion. Yes, so we all went outside and we shared in the eclipse. <laughs> and that, right. makes, that makes a great story right there. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> well, Chitra, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. You're very welcome, Dave. Bye-bye. Chitra Devakaruni's work can be found wherever books are sold, and her website is chitradevakaruni.com. Today's show was written and produced by Troy Tuttle, Dave Blanks, and me, Megan Hayes. Our sound engineer is Dave Blanks, with assistance from Wes Craig. Our web team is Pete Montaldi, Alex Waterworth, and Derek Wyckoff. Research assistance comes from Elizabeth Wall, and video and photo support come from Garrett Ford and Marie Freeman. Our theme song was written and performed by Derek Wyckoff of Naked Gods. Our podcast studio is dedicated to Greg Cuddy. Special thanks to Stephen Dubner for the inspiration, advice, and moral support. Sound Effect is a production of the University Communications Team at Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina. Thanks for listening. For Sound Effect, I'm Megan Hayes.